Lectio Sancti Evangelii Secondum Ionem. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. Verbum Domini. 
Please take just a moment. Make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apaguen los teléfonos celulares, por favor. As I've mentioned before, if someone were to arrive right now or later in the Holy Mass and stay even to the final blessing, they wouldn't uh, fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Why? What's that about? Well, the Gospel, we just heard the Gospel. The Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. You can't just skip it. But after this Mass, we still have three other Masses. They could attend one of those. Take a look at page two. Remember the old commercial, the Maytag repairman? Um, the phone never rang. Well, that's like page, num page number two. No one ever stops on page number two. But let's stop there for just a moment. And those documents were written by a saint, St. John Paul II. And if you take those documents, one, two, three, four, five, um, from 2001 to 2004, if you added them all together, I don't think they would equal the number of pages um, that you find in the document that was published on Friday. Uh, it's about the size of a phone book. Of course, the kids here are saying, what's a phone book? Um, the, um, that Maytag repairman, he had a rotary dial phone in front of him. What's a rotary dial phone? I don't know. Probably see one in a museum or your great-grandmother's garage or something. Anyway, so um, that document came out, and it's very long, almost 300 pages. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that the document is so long. The, um, almost everything you will hear about the document is wrong. I'm just going to say that. Well, how do you know? Have you read it? No, I haven't. Uh, let's see. Um, Speed Reader comes out Friday. Yeah, right. The, um, no, it's going to take a long time to plow through that. Um, page four, you see we had three hours of confession yesterday, about the same three hours today. And then, look, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m., we have an hour of confession. And then um, Saturday, another three hours of confession. Take a look on Friday. This priest left Belgium and went, uh, went to the island of Molokai, one of the Hawaiian islands. And uh, he served there among the people who were lepers. Okay? Served among the lepers of Molokai. So, um, he, um, the climate in Belgium, you, you see that what it's like outside right now? This would be a sunny day in Belgium. Well, it's not sunny. That's what I mean, right? Not sunny at all. So, when he left Belgium to go halfway around the world to Hawaii, it was quite a change. Quite a change. So, um, he worked with the lepers and he died there. Um, what, a, what a great saint. Uh, saint Damien of Molokai. Well, once, his, once the bishop came to confirm the, um, uh, the, the lepers and the, uh, the big island of Hawaii wouldn't let the bishop get into the boat. Father Damien rode out and was going to pick up the bishop, and they wouldn't uh, allow the bishop to get onto the boat. If he, got, if he got onto the boat, they wouldn't let him get on the ship and go away again. So the, the bishop, uh, bishop shouted down to Father Damien, I'm sorry, I can't. They won't let me. They didn't want to spread the leprosy. Uh, that's not how leprosy is spread, but they didn't know that at the time. So, uh, 
course, on the, on the ship, there's the bishop, and there's the captain. There, there are the men standing around, right? And they're looking down at Father Damien. Father Damien starts to cry. He wants the bishop to give his people confirmation. Uh, he also wanted to go to confession. Yeah, Father Damien wanted to go to confession. There was no other priest um, for him to go to confession. So Father Damien asked permission that the bishop could hear his confession. So he, here he is down in, the, in that little dinghy, and the bishop is up there, and he starts shouting his confession. You know, the same thing you or I would do. Yeah, I don't think so. How many would just say, skip it? Yeah, he died on that island, and he knew that going to confession, um, he was receiving Jesus, uh, and he wanted to be stronger. You know, the saints can actually teach us if we let them. Uh, so that's, that's his feast day on uh, Friday. Um, page 8, the Easter Novena, the Extended, that ends on May the 15th. So if you want to, um, um, that's Pentecost, May 15th. If you want to be included, you, can still, you still have time. Uh, page 9, there's um, the Chapel of Divine Mercy. And on the last page, Women's Guild, they have their... Last, their next meeting, not tomorrow, but the following Monday. So uh, any of the women here, you're invited to attend as well. Uh, you don't have to be a member. It'll be over in the cafeteria, the community room. Also, you see there, uh, last week, somebody who had visited here over Easter, they uh, took pictures of the cry room back there and posted them up on the new liturgical movement. That's a great blog. So, so now we're famous. Everybody's going to come here. Yeah, that's right, to go to the cry room. <laughs> the, uh, um, then um, below there, this year, friends, right now, I don't know the exact day, but in the spring of 1916, a hundred years ago, an angel began to teach those three children at Fatima. And then a year later, Our Lady appeared to those three children. So these are two of the prayers. Later on, when you get home, you could take that last page off and um, stick it into your Bible or into a prayer book or under the visor of your car. Oh, if an angel taught me a prayer, I would pray it every day. Well, here too. I know. Um, so um, these are two prayers from the angel. Okay. Very good. From the Gospel today, Jesus said, to Peter the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. In 1977, I finished high school and something very unusual happened. Uh, I, I finished high school and went right into a full-time job, something men and women today in our country don't get the opportunity to do all the time. Well, what it was is um, I, was living, um, I was living right on, I was living in Dallas, um, and right on the edge of Dallas and into Garland uh, was the grocery store I'd been working at the last two years of high school. The evenings and at night, I would go to work there. So when I finished high school in 77, um, a couple of months later, 
they opened a super store. Uh, you know, it's very common today to see one of those scanners in a grocery store, department store. This was the first super store of any department store or grocery store with a scanner. We had no idea what we were doing. <coughs> it was like the Manhattan Project. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and so um, uh, I got uh, transferred from the old store closed down and we went over to the new store. And um, I would go in every morning, Monday through Friday, from 3 a.m. to 11. And I would sweep the, the store. I'd mop the store. And then at 8 o'clock, I'd be the opening checker. So it was, uh, it was good. We had a new manager. This man went around and all he did was open stores. He was the pro at opening stores for these super stores, right? So um, he was very good, but you never saw him alone. You always saw him with the assistant or the third man or the fourth man or the fifth man, kind of like a cloud there around him, right? He was very fair. I mean, he's about 45, very fair complected, um, a little fairer than this. Um, and he had red hair. Very smart man. And when he got mad, he looked like a, a thermometer turned upside down. Just, oh, we didn't make him mad. We didn't make him mad. But um, the, um, So after about a month of the superstore being opened, um, he, he came up to me one day as I was finishing, putting away the, the mops and the brooms to, uh, to start checking groceries. And um, there was the assistant and the third man and the fourth man. Um, kind of like a chorus right there. So he said, uh, Paul, I, um, tomorrow when you come in, I want you to do this and this and this with the, uh, uh, when you're mopping the floors. And I said, what? And he explained it again. I said, well, sir, I, uh, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. Well, no, 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 that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. Well, you know, I, I think it's a mistake. No, no, that's what I want you to do. And, of course, the behind them, like the dolls in the back of the car, you know, the bobbleheads, just, yeah. So the next morning at 3 o'clock, um, I go in and I start doing what he said. It was a disaster. Um, it was a disaster. Before I had done the floors, the floors were beautiful. They should be in the Smithsonian for floors, right? They were beautiful. I didn't do them. Somebody, they called it, had a company in, put that first um, you know, wax down. They did a beautiful job. The next morning when he came in, um, it was like walking on glue that had not yet dried. <laughs> and when I saw him come my way, and along with him, the assistant, and the number three, four, five, whatever it was, he was full red. Oh, he was mad. And he yelled at me, and he cut me into a million pieces and ate me for breakfast. No, he didn't. I'm still right here. All right. And you know, the, what, thought, what thought entered my mind, it's, it's, it's really strange. I thought to myself, you know, he's yelling at me. But my dad yelled a lot louder than that. <laughs> See, my dad, my dad, I love my dad, my dad would yell at me. In a way, he was getting me ready for when I would be at work, and they would yell at me there, or perfect strangers in traffic. Hey, get out of the way. Yeah, you know, parents... And the problems we have with our parents are getting us ready. Because once we leave home, we'll never have a problem. What are you, crazy? Of course you're going to have problems. 
and they're going to be the same problems you had at home. Right? So, uh, about the same time, um, one weekend I went nearby to go to confession. St. Pius is just inside the, the, of Dallas before you cross into Garland. And it's a big church. Um, maybe a thousand people can sit down in there at the same time. So they, have, they had four or five priests, you know, just like we have here. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have four or five priests. The, um, but they always had three, four or five priests. So they always had priests, a lot of priests, hearing confessions on Saturday afternoon. So I walk in. It's a bright, sunny afternoon, just like today. And um, the, um, there are three priests hearing confessions. So they had the priest in the middle and then two doors on the side. So they had people lined up for this one, lined up for the next one. And the priest over there, nobody was in line. And I thought to myself, y'all are crazy. And I went over to this priest for confession. When I came out, the moon was up, the stars were out, and the crickets were chirping. I remember so well what the priest said to me. You did what? And he yelled at me. He was a priest from Poland. They said he taught Pope John Paul II. What? Yodeling? Yelling? Um, anyway, the, um, he's the kind of priest that if you told him, I missed Mass on Sunday because I had double pneumonia and I had a car accident on the way to the church, he would yell at you. Okay? The, uh, so I never went to confession again because the no, that's not true. Think about it. What if when my manager at work yelled at me, I said, I'm not going to get a job. I'm quitting. I'm never going to go to work again. Somebody might yell at me. Same thing with confession. Why do I bring it up? Well, we have confession in this gospel today. And on Friday, one of the things that the Pope included in a, in a footnote, uh, it's, so, it's so bizarre. He said... Confession is not meant to be a torture chamber. Have you ever been waterboarded in confession? I haven't. They yelled at me. I had never. And you know what? I can't think of another priest who yelled at me. I remember one time in Paris trying to go to confession and the priest yelled at me. It was in French. I didn't understand it. So, um, anyway, the, um, uh, the um, confession, um, confessional people have had People have had bad experiences in confession. But in the last 50 years, I don't think it's the case. Uh, What the Pope is getting at is there's kind of a legalism. Yeah, I think there was. Maybe about 50 years ago. But people just don't go. What? Me? Go to confession? Why? I don't do anything wrong. Yesterday we had the church full of 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders and on up. And I was talking about this. So I said, now... Take just a minute now, turn to mom or dad and say these words. Repeat after me. I never do anything wrong. And I said, let me help you out here. So when you, when you say those words, just shake your head back and forth like this. Just not, not, too, not too much. Just shake. And then do this with your nose. You, you will convince them. I never do anything. Mom and dad, they're just breaking, breaking down, busting a gut. If I tried that with my mom, she would, I didn't call 911, that she would be laughing so much. So what, what is this thing about confession? We know we do things wrong, and we, a lot of, I think most Catholics just stay away from confession. Why bring it up now? Well, 
Easter ends on May the 15th. Um, he tells us through his church that um, we are to, uh, once a year, at least once a year, we are to go to confession at least during uh, the Easter season. Um, so I think that from what the Pope wrote on Friday, I think he's going to spot you uh, another few weeks or uh, months if you want. But you need to think about it. Going to confession. Going to confession is a really healthy thing. Every time I go to confession, I receive Jesus and he makes me stronger. St. Peter went to confession in this gospel. What? I, I missed that. Where, where is that? Yeah. yeah. And it's not behind the closed doors. I mean, when I got here, we had three confessionals back there. A lady told me once, she said, oh, I hated going to confession then. She said it was so dark in there, and I just knew there was a spider in there. <laughs> the confessional over here, it's got a big light in it. It's, it's, um, it's got a lot of room, um, and it's not, like I said, it's not dark. I've seen some of these rooms in, in Dallas where they've got this very ample room. Um, I, I'm expecting one day to walk into one of those and, and see them offering coffee, right, while you go to confession. The, uh, sounds like a good thing. The, um, but they, they've got a couch or a chair. I mean, you, can, you can kneel behind the screen if you want. But they, they've, got, they've got plants. and that, you know, It's really she-she um, in, um, in, in some of the ones I've seen. We don't have that here. But um, it's not like it was before. See, uh, St. Peter, Peter goes to confession, but... Uh, he goes to confession next to a charcoal fire. I'm not putting a charcoal fire in there. Now that I've got the attention of all the men, the, uh, the, uh, you mentioned charcoal fire, you've got their attention, right? So um, the only time you find in the whole Bible the word for charcoal fire is here and there. You see that first station of the cross? That's Pontius Pilate. He's uh, washing his hands. Just as Jesus is being brought, um, after he was arrested, brought to him, um, he's first brought into the courtyard, and Peter is sneaking along behind at a distance. And in the gospel, we hear that St. Peter comes in, and he stands right up, right next to a charcoal fire. He's warming his backside um, at the fire. When one, two, three people come up to him and say, hey, aren't you one of his friends? And he says, no, no, I'm not. You're, you're mistaken. And then he, somebody else does it again. He says, no, I, I don't even know the guy. And the third person does it. He says, blankety blank. I don't know the blankety blank guy. And then he turns and looks at St. Peter. And St. Peter looks at him and St. Peter realizes what he's just done three times. He's denied Jesus. And he goes away and cries. He weeps copiously. Because just hours before, St. Peter said, even if all of the other guys, the other apostles, desert you, I will never desert you. And Jesus said, oh, really? He said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, here they are, charcoal fire. The apostles didn't recognize Jesus. Do you notice we, the gospel starts out where it's dark and Jesus is not there and they catch nothing. 
Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And then it dawns. The, the, the sun comes up. And that's when they see Jesus for the first time. Um, the dawn is the first light. Jesus is our light. And they listen to Jesus, not recognizing him. They listen to him. And there's this great catch of fish. Light goes off in St. John. And he says, hey, this has happened before. And he says, look, it's Jesus. It is the Lord. So St. Peter, um, St. Peter um, goes to Jesus. It's an interesting. Jesus tells them to do what he's doing here. He's feeding his sheep. He's feeding the apostles. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Feed my apostles. Right? So he's doing this. Um, and he says to St. Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? By the third time, he starts to remember that rooster crowing. And he's distressed. You know, we're often distressed when we're faced with our own sins. What? M me? Ha have sins? I never do anything wrong. Right? Aren't you convinced? Vote for me. The, uh, I never do anything wrong. Uh, last Saturday, not yesterday, but last Saturday, I went to confession. I like to go once a week, but it had been like three weeks. So I get in my car and I go over to Commerce. Some people probably think I could just look in the mirror and go to confession. I never do anything wrong. No, you can't go to confession that way. The, um, anyway, so I go over there. And on the way over there, I'm, um, before I go over there, I'm examining my conscience. And you know what? Isn't that really hard to do? Wait a minute. I can think of people in Washington, I can tell you, going back decades. Yeah, and he voted. And, and she, she, right? But to think about my own sins, well, I never do anything wrong. Yeah, right. Right. It don't work for me, and it don't work for you. But, but when somebody reminds us, I mean, if you just say that to your spouse, your parents, your children, they'll remind you. They, they will remind you. Uh, look in the first reading today. The, uh, the Jewish leaders bring St. Peter in, and they say, look, you guys have got to stop this. You keep preaching about him, and we told you, and you keep trying to put his blood on us. Remember, um, Pilate here, the, the boneless chicken, Pontius Pilate, had no backbone. Um, he's washing his hands saying to the Jewish leaders, his blood is not on me. And they say, let his, they yell it, let his blood be upon us and our children. And look at the, look at the first reading. Those same people are saying, but you keep telling everybody and you want to bring this man's blood upon us. It's only been a few weeks. And they've forgotten what they did. St. Peter says, listen, I hate to break the news to you, but you took God's son and you nailed him to a tree and you killed him. St. Peter isn't rubbing their nose in it. He's showing them, look what you've done. Um, so it's actually mercy that he's extending. He's, he's helping them. They, they need to realize they've got to go to confession. They've done something terribly wrong. When, uh, whenever I sin or you sin, that we're contributing to this. That's the, if you look at it a different way, you've been fooled by him. And he tries to fool us every day. Uh, friends, confession is something that we have to look at. 
not as a torture chamber. And I will tell you this, if ever something I say or any priest says makes you uncomfortable or you feel yelled at or something, here you go. That, that door has a doorknob. Open the door and leave. A lot of confessionals just have a curtain. Just push the curtain aside and leave. Yeah. This business about skipping confession, that's not an option. Why? Because we do things wrong. I never do anything wrong. I wish it were true. I wish it were true. The, um, um, but if we take the stance, well, you know, I don't go to confession. Why? Well, a long time ago, 150 years ago, a priest yelled at me. Okay? You know, I've been in restaurants and I've gotten bad service. So I'm never going to a restaurant again. I've been to a grocery store, to a department store, and I've gotten bad service. I'm never going to a grocery store, department store. What? That doesn't make sense. Right? So you, you, you get up, you walk out, and you go to another priest. Yeah. Priests have bad days. Not me. I never do anything wrong. Right? Never have a bad day. Um, but friends, you have to communicate this to your children because your children do things wrong and you have the unfortunate duty to have to help them understand what they've done wrong. Many times you'll get the back of the hand. Um, parents help their children to understand, no, you did this and you did that. We all have heard it from our parents. We don't like it. But here's Peter. It says that Peter was distressed. Yeah, he was distressed. I will never desert you, even, even uh, to, to follow you, even unto death. Oh, really? How'd that work out for Peter? Um, the, um, uh, Jesus helps us in confession. Receiving Jesus. Remember Easter Sunday night? First thing Jesus says after he says, peace be with you. First time after this. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The sins you forgive, they're forgiven. The sins you don't forgive, they're not forgiven. Um, first thing, right out of the box, uh, right out of the tomb, he gives us confession. And we say, no thanks, I don't like salmon, or I don't like lamb, or I don't like confession. Um, if, if that's your final answer, that's your final answer. That's just not what he teaches. In fact, he leads Peter through confession here in public, next to a charcoal fire, in front of the other apostles. And here we are 2,000 years later hearing his confession. That will not happen to you when you go to confession or when I go to confession. But when you think about your, your own sins, well, I'm a, I'm a good guy. I'm a good, good girl. I'm a, I don't have any sins. I dare you to mention it to your spouse, to your parents, to your children, to your friends. I'm walking through an airport. Well, when I used to go to airports, and there'd be perfect strangers. Hey, Father, he needs to go to confession. I don't know these guys. And no, I don't hear their confession, but they're, they recognize it, right? Um, we should be distressed at our sins and turn to Jesus in confession and tell him our sins. And Jesus will tell him, tell us to, to feed his lambs, feed his sheep, to love him by helping others. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 